there's a handful of players that you need to trade away from your team as soon as possible. Now, these guys aren't necessarily bad talents. Most of them are actually good players, but you want to cash in at their peak value. So let's discuss these players and we'll begin in Chicago. And let's take a look at Khalil Herbert, who just had his best game of the year, which was basically predictable because the Bears came into this game facing the Broncos defense that got destroyed historically by the Dolphins offense a week before. And look at this, the Broncos defense, you could see they rank 32nd in scoring, 32nd in total yards and 30th in passing yards this season. They are the worst defense in the league. And some people are saying the worst in over 40 years, according to DVOA metrics. Now, all of this fueled a season best game for Herbert and his usage was there. 79% of the snaps. Look at this. That's 20% more than any other game. 60% of the rush attempts, 65% of the routes by far was the RB1 for the Bears. His backup Roshan Johnson only saw 21% of the snaps and six opportunities. And this makes sense because Roshan's more the passing down back and the Bears led for most of this game. So what you got was a big 20 plus point performance, 122 total yards on a massive 22 opportunities for Khalil Herbert. He had a great game from a usage and production standpoint. So this was by far his best game of the year, but it came in by far his best matchup of the season. It's not often the Bears are going to be up two to three scores in a game. And when you look ahead at the Bears schedule, they have some nice matchups. The Chargers, the Vikings, the Raiders, these are good matchups for a running back. But the problem is where the Bears be even in these games because they had good matchups against the Packers. But since they were down so much, it was Roshan coming on the field and running more routes. I don't believe this performance is sustainable. You get one of the worst offensive showings the first three weeks, and then they get the worst defense in maybe the last 40 years, and they look good. Yeah, I think there's a reason for that. So I'm probably looking to be trading Khalil Herbert because I still don't consider him a top 30 running back the rest of the year. And right now, maybe you can trade him for a guy like James Conner coming off of a somewhat down week or a Jerry Judy. And speaking of Jerry Judy, let's talk about his teammate, Cortland Sutton, who to this point in the year is a top 24 wide receiver through four weeks. He is greatly paying off his 10th round fantasy draft capital. That's basically where he was drafted more times than not. He's found the end zone in three of his first four games, and he's averaging over 30 routes run per week. This is great overall usage. Obviously, finding the end zone is good. Let's reference that tweet we looked at earlier from Zach Kelberman on Twitter. He says, look, the Broncos offense, because of how bad their defense is, the offense has to throw the ball more. They're 10th in scoring, 10th in passing yards, and this is helping Cortland Sutton. But here's the main issue for Sutton. He's really only had one strong game, and that would be week three against Miami, where they were down by 50 points, so they just had to throw the ball a ton. He earned 11 targets. He had 91 yards and a touchdown. This was good. Other than this, he's relying on touchdowns. And in week four, we continue to see the increasing usage of the rookie Marvin Mims and even Jerry Judy. Mims ran a season high 39% of the routes in week four. He leads this team in receiving yards and he leads every receiver in the NFL in yards per route run wide receiver efficiency. And then there's Jerry Judy, who in his third week back from injury, led the team with a 20% target share and was used way more downfield, almost double the distance per target than Sutton. And not to mention tight end Greg Doltich, who is their best pass catching tight end. He should be returning soon from injury. So Sutton is a solid fantasy option right now, but the touchdowns will drop. He's not going to score three every four games and these other receivers are getting involved. So I would trade Cortland Sutton for somebody like a Tank Dell or maybe even another position like a Sam Laporta off a somewhat bad week for Laporta. Now let's discuss Derrick Henry who had by far a vintage Derrick Henry performance in week four. He went out there and had 133 total yards. He goes over 20 fantasy points. He finds the end zone, 23 touches. This was a great performance. He was efficient, averaging 5.8 yards per touch. And there was a lot of concerns. Oh, he's not breaking tackles. He broke nine in this game. But there's a few issues. Despite dominating on the ground, Henry still only played 60% of the snaps, which is the majority, but it's not the 75 to 85% that we're used to like last year. Because the rookie Tajay Spears was still massively involved very quietly. He played 53% of the snaps. This is his third game playing over 50% of the snaps, and it led to eight opportunities. He was the main passing down and two-minute offense back. Look, clearly this didn't affect the upside of Derrick Henry in this game, but what it will affect is when the Titans are trailing in games moving forward, which they will be based on the future Vegas spreads, Henry's going to continue to lose snaps like we saw in past weeks. And we're already seeing it this year through four games, a month of the season with 
with Tajay Spears playing more, Henry's receiving role has vanished. He's 46th in routes run, just 25 routes run in the season, and 48th in running back route participation. That's like your overall passing game usage. This is not good. And the other issue was in this game, they played the Bengals offense. That ranks dead last in the NFL through a month of the season, which, yeah, it was easy to keep the game close and not fall behind. But they have difficult matchups in future weeks. They get the Ravens top five defense, a Colts run defense that has been solid so far this season. There's a chance that they don't have a lead or stay in a close game. So I try and trade Henry off this big game and get a big name back for him. Somebody who's coming off of a bad week, like a Tony Pollard, maybe a Travis Etienne. Heck, maybe you can even get Calvin Ridley. Now, before we talk about this next wide receiver you should trade away, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're finding this helpful. Over 60% of people watching are not subscribed, but it'll allow you to see my future content. And that wide receiver is going to be Gabe Davis, who has been quietly solid in terms of fantasy production in 2023. Over the last three games, Davis has averaged 15.7 fantasy points, which ranks top 20 amongst wide receivers. And during this time, these past three games, he's running 84% of the routes for Josh Allen and the Bills. That's a good role, but he's only earning 15% of the targets. He's taken advantage of weaker secondaries like the Raiders, Commanders, and even the Miami Dolphins who are not playing great right now, and he scored a touchdown in each of those contests. But so far this season, Gabe Davis, he's really only had one strong game, and that was in week two when he put up 21.2 points. Other than that, he has not been over 65 receiving yards in three or four games, and he only has over three receptions, as you can see here in the receptions column, in one game. He's surviving on touchdowns right now because he's not getting open for consistent targets or receptions. He ranks 91st in target rate, your targets per route run, and 68th in target share, your overall targets down the team that you account for. And there's a reason for this. He's not only dealing with Stefan Diggs like he had to in the past when there wasn't really any other passing options. Stefan Diggs is still there and playing the best ball of his career, but now he has a pass catching running back in James Cook who's involved and being productive after the catch, and not one but two tight ends now who are running between 20 and 25 routes a game and earning targets in the middle of the field. So all of this starts to pull away from the ability for Gabe Davis to be an option, the second read or even the first read on a specific play. Now that's happening much less. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, Gabe Davis right here, based on his role, he's only expected to earn nine fantasy points per game. That's like a bench player for you in most leagues, but he's currently averaging over 13 points per game. He's the seventh luckiest wide receiver based on his usage because of the touchdowns. So once the touchdowns slow down, this guy's going to become a bench player on his current usage. I try and trade him for a guy like Tank Dell. All right, we talked about the running back from the Bears earlier. Now let's talk about Justin Fields, and there's a lot to unpack here. It's not just as simple as sell Justin Fields. We have to talk about a few things because he's coming off the best game of his career. In the best matchup you can find against the Broncos, he goes out there and he puts up 360 total yards, four touchdowns. He dominates, but in real life, down the stretch, he has a key fumble and a key interception that cost him the game. Now that doesn't matter as much for fantasy, but it does stay in the minds of his coaches down the stretch in other key situations, how they feel and trust him. Now you probably spent the fifth or sixth round fantasy pick, maybe even a fourth round pick to acquire Justin Fields in your draft. And even after this performance, Justin Fields, for me, the rest of season rankings that you can get in the blueprint, the fantasy blueprint, Justin Fields is like a ninth round pick for me if the season was to be redrafted today. So that's not great. And if you can trade him for somebody like a Tua who's coming off of a bad game, I would definitely do that. But if you can't get good value, don't trade him yet. Because look at this upcoming schedule for Justin Fields and the Bears. They have to go on the road on a short week Thursday night to the Commanders. Okay, but that's not a bad matchup. The Vikings, the Chargers, Raiders, these are all winnable matchups with half these games being at home. Now, I'm honestly not trusting Justin Fields to produce in all of these games because he mostly did it with his arm, not his legs. And that's what we need to see from him to be a fantasy weapon. But if you can't get a good value in return like a Chris Godwin at a different position or two at the same position I would just hold him now let's talk about a living legend in Puka Nakua who so far this season is a top five fantasy wide receiver Puka leads all players with 50 targets and is fourth in wide receiver points averaging 24 per game now this past week Puka bounced back after a somewhat pedestrian performance where he still had over 70 receiving yards but against a zone defense in the Colts which is Puka's big strength beating zone he goes for 10 targets nine catches 163 yards and yet again another 30 point day or so right now Puka's probably seen by many 
as an untouchable player. He's a top 10 player this overall season, and you probably only had to add him with some fab budget on waivers, or maybe you drafted him in like the last round. And look, this is justified. He is an elite wide receiver seeing big usage, which leads to fantasy success. This is what happens with Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson. But to be honest with you, the Puka hype has hit a high point because people are viewing him as a top 10 player the rest of the season. He's not even a top 20 player the rest of the season because Cooper Cup is expected to return any week. And Jeff Mueller, a doctor on Twitter, as you can see right here, he's saying, okay, maybe he'll return week six or seven, but I would guess that he's ready to go. Look at this last sentence about Cooper Cup. I would guess that he's ready to go this week, week five. And once this happens, Cup is going to take back over his role of close to a 30% target share, if not higher, which will drop Puka Nakua from earning 30% of the targets down to like 18 to 22%. Now that's still not a bad role. It will keep him around the top 20 wide receiver range, like a Robert Woods role in this offense in the past, but just not a top 10 overall player. Because Cooper Cup averages over 11 targets and 25 and a half points with Matthew Stafford. Cup is literally the best fantasy wide receiver of all time. He's been the best wide receiver the past two plus seasons when he's out there and healthy, and he'll take back over his usual usage once he returns. So I'd be looking to get as much as you can for Puka Nakua. Heck, if you can get a Jamar Chase or a Tony Pollard, go for it. Otherwise, start to shop in that Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne range. Now, another receiver I'm looking to trade away is DK Metcalf, because look, he had another solid performance against the Giants, but let's discuss. Metcalf goes out there and he scores 12 and a half fantasy points or so because he finds the end zone. He only had three catches on four targets because this game on Monday Night Football got pretty out of hand and messy. There were two main issues that Metcalf faced in week four. Issue number one was that Geno Smith was injured the entire second half, and issue number two was the Giants couldn't keep up, so Seattle just ran the ball. Metcalf has been a top 24 receiver this year, averaging over 14 points per game despite dealing with injury for almost the whole year. Now that's the good news, but the bad news is that he has some tough matchups coming up, and now we don't know the status of Geno Smith's health. Selling DK Metcalf, potentially selling him high and getting a good piece in return, has nothing to do with his talent. This year, he's 21st in wide receiver efficiency, and he's had a really good cheat code role. If you recall, the cheat codes for a wide receiver are your deep targets and red zone targets. He currently has seven cheat code targets. This ranks amongst the top 10 in the NFL, and he led the NFL last year. However, he does have a tougher stretch of games coming up against top three defenses in the Ravens and the Browns, and a Cardinals defense, even at home, this Cardinals defense and secondary has been better than expected. Now, don't go and sell low on DK Metcalf. I'd be looking to get somebody who is in his range of a top 15 receiver off of some bad games, maybe like a Jalen Waddle or a Calvin Ridley or a Travis Etienne across positions. And I'd also be trying to get the fantasy blueprint if I were you. It's an asset that I will be sending you every single day with these tools right here and more. You can see game by game notes, projections, rankings, waiver wires tool every single day of the week, something will be dropping. And here's just a sneak peek of the game by game notes. You could filter it by game or you can filter it by position. This is the wide receiver game notes. Every single thing you need to know about their matchup against the cornerbacks, the overall secondary, how the player has been producing, their size advantage, their speed advantage. All this is in these game by game notes for every fantasy relevant player. This will give you a massive edge over your league mates. And this is just like 10% of what you get in the blueprint. Look, the blueprint's extremely simple to get. You just scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below to join the thousands over now 2,500 other fellas using this tool. And I wanted to make this as accessible for everybody. So it's just $5 for the entire year, not the week, not the month, the entire year. And if you don't make your fantasy playoffs, I will refund that $5. No questions asked. This is risk-free. So to get access to your fantasy blueprint, just scan the QR code on the screen or just click that link in the description below. Back to business. And we're talking about Jerome Ford, who look, this is not a just go ahead and sell him right now. We actually have to dive into this to see if you should sell him because I'm getting a lot of questions on Jerome Ford, who in week four didn't do that much. But it's hard to blame him because a fifth round rookie quarterback was named the starter hours before the game and they were facing a top three Ravens defense. And what ended up happening was, well, the Browns fell behind in this game and you only saw nine carries for Jerome Ford, but he did earn five catches on six targets. So 14 total touches, just nine and a half fantasy points. This is not the usage you wanted when you spent your whole fab budget on him a couple weeks ago. But here's the good news. In his second game with Kareem Hunt, he actually saw his usage increase 62% of the snaps compared to 55%, 41% of the carries and 63% of the routes were increases from the week three usage with Kareem Hunt. We basically saw Hunt's role stay the 
the same, playing around 20 to 25% of the snaps and handling about 15% of the routes run. And even this usage is a little bit skewed for Jerome Ford. It was better than those numbers I just gave you. In his final two drives of the game, he didn't play, neither did Kareem Hunt. It was RB3 Pierre Strong, the former Patriot, handling the final nine snaps, and he got five touches on these drives. If you take out garbage time, Jerome Ford saw 65% of the running back carries and 73% of the snaps, which is very good usage and the usage you actually wanted to see when you spent that fab budget. So the Browns have a bye week now, and after that, it's not the greatest of matchups. At home against the 49ers, number one overall defense, and then on the road against a good Colts run defense. So if you could get a deal done by buying Rashad White or Brees Hall or Michael Pittman in a deal for Ford, I would do it. But otherwise, I would hold him because this usage actually surprisingly and kind of quietly was good. Another running back we have to dive deeper on is Isaiah Pacheco because after his usage the first couple weeks of the season, I was looking to sell high on him after a good game against the Bears because of that. They were still using three running backs, but let's see what happened this past week. Because Pacheco was a 14-point favorite against the New York Jets. The game actually ended up being close on Sunday Night Football. It was a great game to watch, but Pacheco in this game was fantastic. 158 total yards on 23 touches. This was a career-best game in terms of usage, production for Isaiah Pacheco. But we saw good usage in Week 3. It wasn't this good, but it was solid, but the problem was three running backs were involved. What happened in Week 4? Well, if you look at this, in Week 4, Jarek McKinnon was still seeing his normal role. You see 28% of the snaps. That's what he's been seeing all year. But look at this down here. Clyde Edwards Lair went from playing 31% of the snaps, handling 44% of the carries in week three, to in week four, just 9% of the snaps and 10% of the carries. He basically wasn't involved, and this led to more work for Pacheco. Pacheco saw a season high 64% of the snaps and 65% of the rush attempts in week four. Now, part of this is because Kansas City got up to a big lead. They had like 200 yards of offense in the first quarter, but the usage, no matter how he got it, was good to see. For what it's worth, he also ran 42% of the routes, as you can see on the far right side of the screen on YouTube, which was a season high, and it was actually more five total routes more than Jarek McKinnon. All of this is great, and I'm not totally sold on Isaiah Pacheco seeing this type of usage the rest of the season. I think the matchup helped. I think the overall game environment helped, but I do believe it's an improving role from what we've seen in the weeks past. So my analysis is to hold Isaiah Pacheco unless you can sell him for somebody like a James Conner or a Travis Etienne coming off of a bad week. Now, the next man up is Terry McLaurin, who had a big game in week four. We saw McLaurin go out there and earn 10 targets a season high. He had 86 yards in this game. It was a nice game of over 20 fantasy points. He's now seeing his target share increase every week. This past week, a season high and a team high 26% of the targets from Sam Howell. Now, the problem with McLaurin is after this big game, can we trust his consistency? He's a good player, but the quarterback, Sam Howell, four interceptions last week, taking a lot of sacks. This past week, still making some bad plays, but looking a little bit better, 290 yards, seven yards per attempt. Okay, can we trust him? The answer for me is I'm not sure. If I can sell McLaurin for a more stable piece, I will, because even in this game, his 22 points were a little fluky because he recovered a touchdown in the end zone. So I'm looking to sell Terry McLaurin, but I will wait until after week five because McLaurin gets a great matchup against the Bears 31st ranked defense only the Broncos have a worse defense he's going to get this matchup on a short week at home historically a great spot for wide receivers regardless of matchup and now it's a really good matchup so let him take advantage of this matchup and then go ahead and sell him for a Mike Evans who will be coming off of a bye week or a Michael Pittman or heck even an Alvin Kamara now I want to say one quick thing about Nico Collins look this dude looks legit his quarterback looks legit the offense is currently top 10 everything checks out for Collins and oh yeah not to mention he just came off of a massive basically career best game on nine targets 168 yards two touchdowns i'm not looking to sell him for nothing but if people think he's like a top 10 wide receiver the rest of the season go ahead and try and buy like a Jalen waddle or a calvin ridley low with nico collins similar analysis can be said for this next rb and that's devon a chain who i believe is great he's a top 15 running back the rest of the season now we've seen it for two straight weeks on limited usage he's dominated he saw much more snaps than raheem mostard in week four and on just 11 touches he goes for 120 yards he's been fantastic but if people think this is a top five or top 10 running back the rest of the season again you can try and buy low on a Joe Mixon, a Saquon, or even a Travis Etienne. Now let's discuss some other players.
players who I've been seeing as potential questions for tradeaways in the most traded players. Garrett Wilson, I'm kind of a hold on him if you have him. He's going to earn a lot of targets. Maybe Zach Wilson is turning things around. Depends what you can get. Probably a hold. DeAndre Swift, I'm looking to buy him. Not trading away DeAndre Swift as it is right now. Najee Harris off of a 100-plus yard game. The offense is pretty atrocious. The offensive line is very, very suspect. Arguably the worst in the league. I'd be looking to sell him if I can. Alvin Kamara is a hold for me. I'm definitely not trading him away. I know he had a lot of targets. The most targets and receptions ever in the least yardage like 13 overall catches for under 40 yards but that if anything is a good thing because Derek Carr has an AC joint sprain he can't throw downfield he's going to keep targeting for the next month Alvin Kamara I've also gotten a lot of questions on Alexander Madison and his usage was pretty pretty good with Cam Akers returning and I should say with Cam Akers making his debut look at this Alexander Madison plays 66% of the snaps handles 74% of the rush attempts while Cam Akers only playing 30% of the snaps 20% of the rush attempts had a clear backup role in this game so I wouldn't be trying to trade him away I also wouldn't trade away DJ Moore who's coming off of a massive week if you recall last week i actually said to buy dj Moore because of his upcoming schedule and what does he do in his first game in the best matchup against the broncos he goes off for over almost or around depending on your league scoring 30 fantasy points i want to trade khalil herbert away i want to trade justin fields away for the reasons we said but dj Moore, right now for what you can probably get for him i'm holding on to him in this next month of good matchups so these are the guys you should trade away immediately some of them you should hold and if you want to see the guys you should be trading for well check out this video right here to help you improve your team and to the nearly 70 percent of you who are not yet subscribed if you found this video helpful you made it to the end so you probably did make sure to hit the subscribe button as we push towards a hundred thousand subscribers beautiful people on this here channel